0: Hey everybody, it's Eric Torenberg, co-founder and partner of Village Global, a network-driven venture firm, and this is Venture Stories, a podcast covering topics relating to tech and business with world-leading experts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Venture Stories, for Village Global. I'm here today with Alex Bangash of Trusted Insight. Alex, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Eric.
0: And we're here to continue our uh, series uh, on LPs and, and how that business works. Uh, Alex, why don't you give an introduction to Trusted Insight as well as your background and how you became to be an LP in the first place?
1: Um, So well, let me give you um, uh, my background. Uh, I'm an engineer by background, spent 10 years at Bell Labs um, in the algorithms department. And then I uh, embarked on an uh, optical networking company, which happened to be at the wrong time and wrong place. Uh, And then... uh, Thought maybe, gee, it's probably better to build a portfolio and not take market risk. Uh, but uh, no LP, no VC, all uh, was hiring at that time, uh, and so uh, instead of uh, jumping into the VC world, I jumped into the LP world and kind of uh, helped uh, LPs build their portfolios. And then, kind of, I, you know, I guess the right, wrong, uh, you know, right time, right place. And uh, got ridiculously lucky uh, to, you know, to work at the very beginning with folks like Ken Howdy, uh and Peter Thiel when they when they founded Founders Fund, um, Subrata Mitra when he founded, uh, and Prashant um, Prakash when he founded Excel India, and uh, you know. Uh, so many many iconic Gary Tan and Alexis Ohanian hashtagger when they worked at YC. So you know li- literally at the founding of those firms, and then also um, help you know uh, early investors in first round and founders lowercase baseline. So yeah, um, and then
0: later Saster. Yeah, and now uh,
1: now Saster and a few others. So. Yeah.
0: So when you got in the business. Yeah. How have you seen the business evolve since when you first got in? Just from a macro perspective, the LP world from when you first started, when you first early 2000s?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, I think about 2003. So I I just kind of tell you about, you know, maybe uh, a little about myself and how I look at it. So I'm always an outsider. So I'm kind of like uh, the uh, the outsider insider, and I always, always, um, even now, bet on the underdogs and against the incumbents, right? I'm always fascinated by the disruptors, right? So I'm never rooting for, um, you know, what they call uh, sustaining innovation. I'm saying, like, oh, who's going to come and and disrupt the incumbents? So you know, right from the beginning you know some of the folks that i worked at uh, worked with um, in the very beginning they were disrupting the models um that had been um, there in the past they, you know and they started by being Founders Fund, of course. First round, they started by being very founder-friendly. You know, and the common theme of all these firms, if you look at it, YC, um, Andreessen, First Round, they're all entrepreneur-led funds, right? So, initially, this is, and I like to say say this, is like, you know, in every other asset class, it's the manager that picks the securities. You basically are picking managers based on their uh, security selection skill. Um, in venture, it's inverted. It's the, uh, it's the, um, security that's selecting the manager. Uh, and to the extent that the manager is uh, selected, you know, they can do the selection. So, you, know, Sequoia didn't pick WhatsApp. WhatsApp picked Sequoia to the exclusion of everybody else. Um, so that's, you know, so that's kind of, You know what I saw initially, but then there have been waves. You know, so it's funny. I mean, those those waves. I think the biggest the biggest change, which is actually I think, and this kind of started at at around the same time. And I think there have been many fundamentally fundamental structural changes but the single biggest uh, biggest thing that has happened is the cost of startups uh, coming down right so all of a sudden uh, the first and second order effect of that is that venture now is become or Entrepreneurship has been ex- is accessible to everybody, and it's accessible globally, and that's give, given rise to a Cambrian explosion of startups. Right, UiPath is coming from uh, Romania, and Spotify is coming from Stockholm. And even though you you know uh, you and I are sitting here in San Francisco, and we can see this is the center of the universe, but actually it isn't. Right, Ethereum wasn't invented here, and blockchain wasn't, and you know, so, uh, and some of the coolest things are going to be developed. So, so, so I think that's what's the, what's uh, the underlying um, uh, uh, change.
0: Totally. And if, if we had to compare with, say, someone like Michael Kemet-Sendana, who's, you know, focused and thesis on, you know, micro funds with very concentrated portfolios in, you know, different sectors, I believe, how would you compare and contrast how your thesis differentiates from, from that or, or other LPs, would you say?
1: So, so I really don't look at myself as an LP, so I'm not going to, I, first of all, I don't know anything about his thesis or his uh, thing, so I would not be, so I am looking not for funds, I'm looking for things that disrupt venture, right? So in some sense, uh, you know, perhaps this goes back to my training as a computer scientist. You know, my my first job was like, how how do I, you know, kind of eliminate myself, whatever, whatever, uh, you know, I I think the first job that I had on the manufacturing floor, my boss gave me this assignment, and he said, okay, uh, make this um, it was a computer manufacturing line. He said, to optimize this manufacturing line. We're spending two hours building a microcomputer. And by the time I, I was finished with the line in six months, it was taking about 11 minutes to build the whole microcomputer, including the tests. And so the people would come up to me and say, well, Alex, you are, don't you know, you are completely eliminating our jobs. So I think I look at it the same way. I think we should eliminate the role of The VC. So things that I'm most interested, for instance, are in platforms, uh, API based funds, and actually studios. So, and all three of those, they're taking advantage of structural changes in venture capital. So, Eric, you know, a good point, and I will, won't compare myself with any VC, you know, LP or VC, but I think most of our industry is around, centered around this myth that there are good pickers. Okay. And that these good pickers are now, uh, you know, they, they are in certain networks or they are in certain or they are, uh, you know, they are, they are apprenticed by certain people and they become very good pickers and good examples of that, you know, Peter Fenton is a great picker or XYZ is a, you know, Fred Wilson is a great picker. And, and they were in some, some of the past generations that was true. And it also had to do with the brand effect, right? So there was a, you know, um, Benchmark built a brand and Greylock built a brand and, and through that brand halo, they were able to get the best, um, best thing. But today, the, the structural advantage has all but disappeared, you know, and it's so anachronistic. It's like when somebody comes and tell me, and almost, you know, 10 people a week pitch me, they said, Alex, I want to build the next benchmark. And you know, you know, I, I almost cringe. That's like saying, Alex, I want to build the next Sears or the next JCPenney, right? You want to build, you should build the next Amazon. You should build the next YC, uh, the next Angel list. Um, so, I think, I think that th- this, you're increasingly going to see there is no next David Swenson. The next David Swenson is a neural network, right? The next Peter Fenton, there is no Peter Fenton FYC right? There is no one, everybody is replaceable in YC. Everybody is replaceable in entrepreneur first, right? It is a, it is a machine. And similarly, you know, so I believe in structural changes and I believe in, in disruption. So I think all of these people, and you can name LP after LP after LP, um, LP sell access, VCs sell access, I want to disrupt access. I am saying I want to democratize access, either through platforms, and I want to democratize access through direct access to entrepreneurs, and that's what stu- studios are. So you know, we can go we can go deep deeper into that. Yeah,
0: so, I, I want to, but first, so I want to go deeper in platform studios A- API driven opportunities. But first, I want to continue the sort of historical trends. So Founders Fund first round sort of had this, you know, we sort of. You know, I think it's trite now, but founder friendly was, was new at the time. Yeah. Right? Very new. It, it, I mean, it, it,
1: yeah, there, there was, um, you know, Sean Parker was, I, I think he's probably one of the most creative persons I've, people I've worked with. I mean, he came up with the FF shares, right? And, you know, which is like taking, uh, pe- people, um, giving people, founders some liquidity so that they could go for the home run, right? And, uh, and now it's so common. But at that time, uh, you know, uh, the, that was sacrilegious, you yeah. know, that was, uh,
0: and, and so what, what changed structurally that made it less about picking and more about the platform? Was it just the influx of capital? And now entrepreneurs could choose from a whole set of uh, firms or?
1: I, you know, I think there are many, many, many factors, but the single, you know, the single most important factor is just the cost of starting something, right? That That's the only, it's like when you go to YC demo day, right? And there will be, there will probably a Dropbox there this time, there are some great companies, but you know, how are you going to pick that 250 of those companies, right? And it doesn't matter. It might be in a different sector. It might be in a different geography. It might be in Latam. One of those most recent companies was Rappi, yeah. you know, and, Which I invested uh, in. Huh? I invested Which There in. you go. Yeah. yeah. Derek, <laughs> so, you're doing a good, oh, good job. It, yeah.
0: Uh, if, if there's more startups, wouldn't picking ability be even more important?
1: No, because you can't, you know, it's not humanly possible to process this. That's the point. I mean, how would you have found your iPads, right? I mean, two of the best, Funds today are—I'm not going to name right. There's some that are in China. There's some. There's some that are in actually in Europe. People don't know right in the last three years, and it's just it depends on where this next big thing is coming from. So unless you built a platform, right, you aren't catching uh, you know uh, uh, a broad enough sw- swath at least at the early stage. And the and the biggest change that has happened—I mean, take your top 20 firms, right. 60 out of the top 20 firms are over $2 billion, $2 billion, right? So you tell me that looks more like private equity to me. That doesn't look like early stage venture capital. And that's when, when paradoxically the cost of starting companies has gone down.
0: Right. So what's going to happen in these funds?
1: I think they will do fine, they, but they will they will do great private equity-like returns, right? Uh, so, you know, those those that are intellectually honest, uh, you know, tell their LPs that, look, we will get you venture-like returns if we find the next Google or Facebook or Uber, right? And barring that, you know, even a Decacon doesn't get them, you know, if you get in at $2 billion, even a Decacon doesn't get you a 10x fund or a 5x fund, right? It gets, gets you a 3x fund if you're lucky.
0: Yeah. So we talked about, you you need to build platforms, but you invested in first round, which is a platform. But, uh, you know, baseline is more of the, uh, sort of,
1: but but that, that was a time in, in lower case. I mean, uh, lower case was, yeah, you know, I mean, I remember um, visiting with Chris Saka and 164 South Park. Uh, he at that time had 123, oh, one, Two, three million, uh, Twitter followers. So it's not, you know, it wasn't a happenstance that, 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 uh, he, he did, uh, uh, uh Instagram and Uber and, uh, you know, so Kevin System, Travis, everybody wanted Chris because he was the influencer's influence. And, in, in, in fact, Shaquille Khan, who's, uh, uh, you know, um, who was the first, uh, Spotify business development person who came, came here, um, you know, he's the first person he wanted to meet was Chris because Chris was the influencers, influencers to yeah. to bring bring Spotify to the US. Uh, so I think that's he had created, you know, he had created a, a a special advantage for himself. But you have to understand that was a point in time, yeah. right? So so today, today I think there is, and that's what you've seen. There is no dominant super angel today. Right. It was a point in time and, and that point is fast. It doesn't matter how, um, you know, because, you know, um, you know, un, unless you build something like Jason Lemkin has uh, built in SaaS or unless, you know, in, in cloud infrastructure, you know, um, or unless, um, so, you know, you, you're not going to be as desirable to everybody across the board. Right.
0: It's become much more either sector focused or geo focused or you have exactly, to specialize.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Especially specialized. And it's just, you know, a, it's just, and then now there are, you know, whereas at that time there were, you know, tens of these folks, now there are, you know, literally thousands, not just, not even just hundreds, you know, and now with more liquidity at Airbnb and Uber, there's going to be, it's going to add to those.
0: And so when did you see that rise of platforms happening? You had lowercase, you had baseline, first round, Michael Deering, et cetera. When did you see sort of the first platforms emerging?
1: Well, I see. You know, I mean, you know, it actually took me three, four years to get to, uh, you know, meet Gary and and Alexis. And, you know, one of the things that we see now, there's more attention to uh, 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 women. But those of you who are astute uh, history buffs of venture capital know that YC was actually uh, Jessica Livingston's idea. So, so you know, I got to meet Paul a couple of times, but I could never engage with him. So uh, I actually ended up engaging with Jessica. And then Jessica introduced me to Hudge and Alexis. Then, and then, you know, and, and then Gary. And then Gary really made it, you know, made things happen. Yeah. And so I was very lucky to be really uh, early involved in that. But it took me like two, three years to get to it. So, but still, I was still way earlier. You know, that's yeah. 2011. So, uh, you know, but I mean, even then, I I think the first, um, you know, uh, my friend, uh, Jason Friedman from 42 Floors had connected me, had, had actually told me, he was like very emphatic, he's like, Alex. It's almost like, you know, the, these, these platform effects, um, you know, these things are almost like, they're like, you know, there's religions, there's, there's cults, and, you know, these, these things are almost a little like that. And YC is a little like that, you know, and yeah. Jason, Jason said, well, Alex, you know, YC is the thing. And, you know, uh, he had, uh, he had done Flightcaster. And then he introduced me to James Lindenbaum. And then James, this is 2010. And James is, um, you know, I still think, uh, you know, I'm very lucky to be involved with Heavy Bit as well. And, uh, you know, so, um, you know, at that time, I mean, he built an iconic cloud infrastructure company in Heroku. Uh, and, you know, so James was actually my conviction was like, yeah, YC is going to be really big. Heroku. Who's going to be really big? And I actually is. Yes, I think, you know, um, uh, even machine learning will be delivered through APIs. And that's also informs my thesis of API based. Yeah.
0: And so what did YC bring to what was the innovation they really brought sort of the, the platform ecosystem that you could do venture differently, that you could do it in a batch model, that you could get outsized economics, that you could have network effects.
1: Yeah, all of those yeah. right all of those right and I think uh, and I think also you know so I also believe that uh, in all these things you need missionaries yeah. right there are so many mercenaries and people talk of psychopaths and mercenaries in our business right um, even though I think you know on a relative business I think our business uh, you know VC is much more benign and um uh, benevolent than say hedge funds and you know kind of um Private equity, uh, but but still, you know, there are you know ca- cases, um, and and I think it's I think it's the missionaries that really really win. So I I think I've been very lucky to work with those fo- folks that really take a very long term, and and actually, actually um, uh, you know, those of you who, are who if you have read Clayton Christensen's work on on disruption, and that's it's not just you know it's not just uh, long term. In terms of kind of long-term thinking, but also uh, kind of uh, uh, pu- putting less focus on these, you know, quick return on investment, right? Uh, on IRRs, on on uh, you know, quick quick uh, thing, building something for for the real long term, and that's why you know, and that's what I think. Uh, YC why, why was really. Uh,
0: yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to someone who was at Sequoia. I was involved when they were doing the. Um and they're sort of broadly, broadly involved. And they're saying, hey, you know, they're sort of saying this, you know, kindly, but they're saying, hey, you know, Sequoia helped Airbnb, uh, significantly longer than YC did, right? They, you know, Airbnb went to YC for three months and then Sequoia, you know, invested, was on the board and continued that relationship for 10 years. And yet when the, when the Airbnb founders talk about, you know, who's been most helpful, they often say YC or, or the first name that comes out is YC. And it just shows sort of the power of believing in someone when no one else believes in them, or be, of being first and putting someone in business. That and, and of the of the power of you know as good as Sequoia, uh, you know, was for them a sort of powerful experience and community between what you said about religion and cult that that YC created that gave them not only undo economics, but also undo, not undo, but extra sort of credit in some sense that uh, allowed the next generation, you know, uh, the network effect to happen. uh, Airbnb, Stripe, all these companies being like, YC helped make me what I am today. And I'm grateful to YC, which then spurred the next generation. So, you know,
1: exactly, exactly. And I think it's, and I've just met in the last two months, I met two very well-funded startups. And uh, one is a former of ICLM, and one's not a ICLM, but he, his last company, who's not a co-founder, maybe he was like a co-founder. And that, uh, you know, both of them mentioned, it's like, oh, well, you know, we don't need YC for fundraising, but we want to go for the, you know, the network of founders that we can. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's really amazing. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Entrepreneur First is an, on a different trajectory. Also, I think... The best funds are the most authentic funds, yeah. right? So, uh, you know, if you look at the copycat models, yeah. they've always failed. Yeah. They've never, they've never even re- uh, reached, uh, you know, one tenth the, the, um, and I'm not going to name the things, but anyone who has tried to copy, right? So I'm going to be the next angelist or I'm going to be the next, you know, that's why like, EF is so authentic, right? right? They're doing what YC is not doing, right? right? Which is matching founders. Yep. And now many people are trying to copy EF, but they are so far ahead. And then so, and it's in their DNA. Like it's not, they're not copying somebody. They saw that problem and they're, right. they're, they're, they solved it, right? And it's the same as like, we're lucky to work with Jason Lemkin again. Again, he's like so authentic, yep. right? It's like no one questions uh, that you know Jason really cares about his community and really cares about the founders right yeah. and uh, and and similarly with with Gary and that, that's one of the reasons um, you know and after a while you know what happens with mo- most LP land is you start butting heads like when you invest in multiple funds they start competing with each other they start right but I think one of the reasons why I like the studio model is because the studios don't compete with each other they're they're each each is uh, investing around the founder yeah
0: so let's talk about the studio model talk a little bit about how the studio model has evolved and yeah. where you see it now
1: what's really amazing about the studio model is uh and you know for the first time ever you know it is um giving this you know and you talked about you know whether YC add, everybody adds value, right? Good people add value. You know, Sequoia adds value, YC adds value. Uh, but actually, and I think the only person who's been, who's been, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, said this publicly, or at least when I know of this, we know the coastline says most VC detract value, right? They don't add value. And if you, if you look at it, um, honestly, it's the entrepreneurs that are adding value. You know, but on the financial benefit side, the VCs have a portfolio, right? That's why they always want people to swing for the fences. They have a portfolio. Um, the LPs have a portfolio. But why is it that the, you know, entrepreneurs can't have a portfolio? Well, actually, you know, if you look at it, we are now... At a time where you know some of the you know some of the best ideas have come by, um, you know, folks, you know, uh, 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 an Elon Musk, a uh, 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 Jeff Bezos, a uh, 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 Max Levchin, you know, uh, uh, um, Garrett yeah. Camp from Uber, huh?
0: Garrett Camp, Garrett Uber. Camp
1: from yeah. Uber, right? They, I mean, Garrett built Uber while he was, you know, working on uh, StumbleUpon, right? And and actually, I think Travis wasn't even involved in the first year or so, right? And most of these successful. Founders, they have many, many ideas, right? And once they have the wherewithal, and once we have the, they, have the thing, they can definitely do, uh, you yeah. know, more, more things. So I think in some, in some sense, you know, the reason why studios are so uh, important now, and I'm, I'm going to take more from the entrepreneur's perspective, right? So I don't think a studio, an operator that's never run a company, can build a studio. Right. So I think that's not I think a studio is if you have an amazing founder, if you have an amazing founder, that founder can then surround themselves with many other co-founders and build a shared uh, infrastructure and then build up, build up, you know, build a portfolio of companies. And in some sense, it completely disrupts venture because, you know, now. Uh, you don't, you're not going to a VC to build a portfolio. You're going to, you know, you're going to an entrepreneur to build a portfolio. And then, um, what is also, um, amazing is that, uh, the entrepreneurs, you know, done correctly. I think many of these, these studios, um, they are uh, fraught with, with conflicts of interest, but if done correctly, uh, you know you are able to get uh, uh, g- great alignment of interests between LPs and the founders. You know you're also able to get much much higher uh, upside both for the founders and for the LPs. And by the way, the VCs don't get completely uh, replaced. The VCs get displaced, and which is great for them because the VCs have no, uh, you know, all the top VCs they have multi-billion-dollar funds. They don't want to write two million-dollar checks and ten million-dollar checks. They want to write fifty or a hundred million-dollar checks. So they just come in later, and uh, you know the LPs get to work directly with. The-
0: yeah. Um. So yeah, the ways you're trying to disrupt uh, venture, you know, platforms, studios uh api uh, the studios you mentioned there are three different generations oh yeah
1: i you didn't i didn't answer that question yeah so i think I, I think the evolution has been you know i think the studios uh, initially started with more uh consumer like models and um you know a, a very good example is uh, what the zamber brothers did with rocket inter- internet they would never take you know any business model risks they would just say oh if this worked in XYZ, works the us but yeah, yeah. Exactly, and I think Groupon and Zalando, and and then they've done those multiple geographies, and they've been you know very very uh, very successful with with some of them, uh, some of the models, and so I think that was kind of the first wave uh, and, uh, and you know berlin wouldn't have been berlin without the Zamber brothers you know so that was kind of the f- first wave and of course there was you know um uh, in the dot com era, uh, era there was even uh, uh, um, you know something uh, preceding that with with the uh, uh, idea labs uh, where um, bill gross and even bill trenchard and uh, howard morgan and others uh, worked but what's actually happening right, right now. And that wasn't, you know, um, uh, uh, then kind of the second, the second wave was more, uh, um, the, st- the more kind of thematic s- studios that, that we, that we saw uh, come up. And uh, that includes uh, like Beta Works and, and High Alpha and Science and others. And, you know, they've had really good successes. Sci- Sciences, you know, has already had a billion dollar exit, Dollar Shave Club and, uh, Mammoth is doing uh, really well, and of course, um, not you know you can't lump all of them them together. I think that the second wave of startups they got really really good at distribution. So I think if you look at you know I I think um, Atomic is I think probably a really good example is like uh, Atomic's probably the you know the best studio out there uh, in in distribution and could very well become the very best venture fund, you know, because it's it's all distribution, distribution, distribution. So every one of their companies is, you know, there's a long line of VCs looking to invest in their companies. (laughs) But I think the third wave that we're seeing so copycat, copycat distribution, and then, and then I can, the third wave we're seeing is uh, building intellectual property. So, uh, so uh, as, you know, you have this renaissance of deep tech, you know, for the first time, whether it's computational biology, AI, uh, that's becoming relevant across so many industries, right? Uh, it's not just autonomous driving. Or, uh medicine uh, etc uh, farming so you can uh, now start building ip at the studio level and and using shared algorithms and shared data sets and actually uh, uh you know ac- across Different companies, so I think that's something which is very nascent, uh, but also very very exciting. So I think that will be the third wave, and I think those will be, you know. So I think th- th- that's that's kind of something which is now giving, you know, it's again you're getting direct access to the entrepreneurs, right? I mean, if you look at it, um, somebody said Jeff Bezos is, you know, one of the best allocators of capital. You know, and he is right. I mean, he he built AWS, which had nothing to do with 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 his e-commerce business, into one of the biggest cloud infrastructure companies. Right? It's uh, it's bigger than Salesforce. Isn't
0: it? Let's also touch on API uh, opportunities. So, what is the opportunity there, and what might that look like?
1: So um you know I get pitched like a hundred I've been pitched a hundred machine learning funds, and actually I don't think they're that interesting because they're so obvious, right It was like, oh, I sit in front of a uh, uh you know I sit in front of a screen and and boom uh, you know i uh, scrape x y z uh this blogs and uh you know different hackathons, and it tells me which the best company is, I think, I think it's too hard, right? I think the real, uh, the re- real, to- today, every tech company is built on a tech stack. Uh, and I think if you can measure the activity at each point on that tech stack, for instance, and I'll take a simplistic example, for instance, uh, Uber is built on a Google Maps, uh, uh, a Twilio, or a Stripe. And, uh, uh, a segment and uh, a and GitHub. So if you could measure the activity, then at each one of those levels, then you would be able to tell which which startup is taking off. And uh, you know, there's a sto- famous story of how WhatsApp got funded, right? So WhatsApp was actually first discovered by Andy Rubin, uh, when he was, um, because it was the, you know, it was the most downloaded app on, on Android. And he actually had the Google corporate development chase them down and, you know, try to buy them. Uh, you know, they gave him, I think, one offer and they gave him a hundred million dollar offer. And then WhatsApp turned around and, and, you know, uh, so that's how WhatsApp was discovered. And I think that's how most new apps, that's why I think picking is now. Less relevant, right? You, the discovery will be through these, through these apps. So if I think at one point GV said they, they were using Google Analytics, but I don't know whether they still do, or at least they don't say publicly, you know, whether it, if AWS Stripe could measure, they would be better pickers than anyone, right? So, so I think, I think um, now, you know, we're trying to find those companies who, whose APIs are being used to build the next generation products.
0: Yeah. Let's let's go back to the platforms for a bit. So I'll give my sort of outsiders brief history of, uh, and then I want you to correct me or, or add or edit to it. So we have, you've sort of first round of that generation offered, you know, platform as community and, you know, seed firm with sort of extensive platform team and, and services, uh, you had sort of Andreessen, which sort of scaled that out to, you know, 10 X that in terms of size and, you know, not just, you know, not just we're going to help you with talent, but we're going to help you with customers. We're going to help you with sort of every element of your business, sort of like CAA for, you know, a VC edition. You had YC, which sort of had a different structural advantage in terms of the batch, in terms of the um, set offer, and in terms of the network effects that, that built on top of that. And then you had, and we're going out of order here, but social capital, which tried to do uh, multi-stage uh, and multi-asset. Um, and Jason also doing that as well now with bio and crypto. On a different angle in terms of platforms, you had Angelist, which tried to do a more... You know, democratize the the asset class. I want to hear your your thoughts on that. And then uh, Signal Fire, which is them and a few others, have tried to do more data driven approach to picking and, and selection and support supporting. Is that a fair summary, or w- what did I miss, or what would you edit to that that summary of sort of the last you know decade or so of platforms in VC?
1: Yeah, uh, I think you know, I, I think uh, I, I I think you're missing one of the biggest one, which is entrepreneur first. You know, so I think think I think. Um, there's probably uh, a small twist to it, right? So I think you can build community and you can build network effects. I think also, you know, like in the past we saw the PayPal mafia. That's why most people are now looking for the mafia, and I think that's a um, that's a fool's errand as well because those mafias now have been replaced by these platforms. They are much stronger. The network effects there are stronger than the affiliation yeah. that you feel to any particular company, yeah. right? I think what kind of, um, I don't think you've missed a lot. I would probably, I have strong opinions, probably disagree with a few of the people that you mentioned and add a couple, a couple of those. Um, but they're all really good people and all innovative. I think, I think it's, it's one is the structural innovation. Uh, and the second thing, which is as important is the, you know, is the investment mousetrap. Right. So the innovation in YC was not on, not, not that they, they made a class and, but that they were able to get 7% of equity of every company. Right. That was the innovation. Right. So I think just building a platform and giving services and all those things don't work. if you also don't build a better mousetrap. Right. So, um, I think the same, you, we're seeing the same kind of innovation in studios, you know, the same kind of, there is now a, a, a
0: structural, Let's go through a few of those platforms. Uh, so one is what I see. We talked about a bit. I think it is interesting. I mean, to your point about, you know, sort of, you know, Warren Buffett has this line about franchise where, you know, you know, a franchise, a franchise where even a team with poor management or no management uh, can run it and it'll still be great. And of course, YC's team is super great, but they did just lose Sam Altman. And it seems like it's business as usual at YC. Well,
1: they love, they know, lo- and Sam's, um, Sam's amazing. And, and so Michael Siebel's amazing, yeah. right? There are a lot of amazing people, but you know, uh, Paul Graham was amazing. Totally. They lost Paul Graham and they didn't yeah. lose a, right. Lose a, if, if Benchmark
0: yeah. lost Bill Gurley today, you know, it looks like that would, that'd would be pretty big.
1: Well, you said it. I'm,
0: I'm, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, by the way, the Sears analogy implies and we can take this out if not relevant that um, they might be gone in you know twenty years or so. so
1: what's the fund What's the
0: fundamental issue is the and this is the structural uh, structural
1: change, right? So another thing is like if the world is so noisy and the startups are so hard to pick initially, um, this this um, the the benchmark model does not work because you can only be on twelve boards. Right. You can only be 12 boards in two continents, Max. Right. You can't be in 12 boards in four continents. Right. So I'm not saying and that and I'm saying because Benchmark is a great firm. Right. So and then also you're not st- structurally, you know, I mean, many we see firms try to work with YC. Right but it was like drinking from a fire hose right you just how do you process so many startups you can't meet uh, all those startups you can't you know so i think i think that's why uh it's so important to uh, you know uh so some of these these uh, older firms like sitting on boards um, having, having a few people doing a few, uh, you know, investment, three or four investments. I mean, most of the, and their, you know, their, their, board load determines how many investments they can make in a year.
0: And so when you look out at something like, uh, Kleiner, you know, sort of with the, the rebuild that they've had, do you sort of say, Hey, new people, but same old strat, same old thing?
1: And you know, um, I think you know mamoon's doing a great job. You know, and uh, mamoon and Ilya are fantastic investors, and I think they they will do, uh, you know, they will do amazing. They right out of the bat, they've done fantastic things. So I think. Uh, you know, it's not fair to just pick on one firm yeah. uh, and think. I I just think it's you know it's like saying, uh, will Nordstrom continue to do well, uh, or will will you know, or will they overtake Amazon? Right. Yeah. It's just like it's comparing apples to oranges. Yeah. I think these new models are like a tsunami. Right. So they are just going to wash everything away. And it's almost like a winner when it's like no comparison. Yeah. Right? So
0: if you uh, if the whoever was, at, you know, at be in char- charge of client or in charge of the rebuild, if they came to you and said, hey, Alex, what should we do to be relevant in this next decade of venture? Uh, you know, we have this amazing brand. Um, you know, we got to rebuild our staff. What, what, what might you say to them
1: i think I think they' are relevant, and i you know and I'm, this is also you know i want to i wanna, just want to make sure that you know, look, I love all these firms and yeah. uh, they're all friends of mine, and i, I want to make sure that um you know and uh, Peter T loves to say this It's like you know it's like competition is probably losers yeah. right so y c never competed with Sequoia. Yeah. All right, first round didn't compete with uh, Union Square, right? They they were all so most of the um, and and what's even exciting uh, like entrepreneur first doesn't compete with YC, right? So it's almost all these models they're so authentic they don't compete, right. and that's the thing. So in in that Series A space, it's the same old players. That's why some people say, "Well, uh, well, I have Alex, venture is not changing. It used to be Sequoia, Greylock benchmark, and it's been Sequoia, Greylock benchmark." XC you know it's the same same players it's because Andreessen and whatever right uh, uh, Mamoun and Ilya they were the new Kleiner team they'll do great yeah. right I'm just saying uh, venture is so much bigger now yeah. right so it's just increasing it's increasing the pie it's not it's not so much they're competing with them there uh, and then those funds are now you know as I said most of them are right but if know, they came to you B- and B- said hey
0: we want to find an area where for the next 50 years we'll be defensible and we, we don't want to compete with anybody what, would, would you say, hey, look at a studio, look at a platform, you know, try to. Which is,
1: I mean, that's the thing is like, right? A, a platform is incredibly hard to build. It's incredible. I mean, how many people can build a VC? You know, that's the same thing. How many people could build an Amazon, right? It's like, it, it's incredibly hard. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, I have so many, so many VCs come and tell me it's like, Alex, a studio is a, Worst idea on the planet because just one startup is so hard to build. How are you going to build 10 startups or five startups, right? And a startup will always devolve into one great company. Right. If you get one breakout company, it will just, you know, collapse yeah. into that one great company. And I was like, of course, that's the defensibility, right? right. It's like nobody in their right mind yeah. will build a studio because it's hard enough building one company, yeah. right? It's like, uh, you know, like uh, Elon Musk says, it's like chewing glass and staring into the abyss, but tenfold over.
0: Right. So where would the next YC come from? What would the next EF come from for talented people who say, hey, Alex, you know, I'm, I'm looking to start a platform, I think it will be so
1: authentic, right? It will look nothing like the same, right? And I've seen, you know, I can't name names, but I've seen, you know, people come to me and say, well, Alex, I have, I'm building this new platform and has Angelist in it and has YC in it and it has, you know, XYZ, you know, and recent it all rolled into one. And, you know, they give up they give up after yeah you know, after 6 months right because actually it takes a lot of commitment that goes back to the missionaries right so the people who are actually doing this you know and doing it the 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 right way i mean they are super driven and they're authentic right I mean, the amount of content and, you know, kind of what, uh, um, like, for instance, Jason Lemkin does or, you know, what Gary Tan does with with startups. I mean, you couldn't pay people to, you know, to to do that, you know.
0: And so you have something like YC that, you know, lost Paul Graham years ago, now lost Sam, obviously has Michael and has a great team. 10 years from now, do you think YC is as powerful as it is today? Do you think accelerators are as big as they are today? Will there be competitors to YC or doing the same thing or?
1: So, so, uh, you know, and that's a very, very good question. And I think, uh, you know, I think just YC gets stronger and stronger. I mean, what, as you know, and this goes back to the disruption theory. Yep. People never get disrupted, you know, uh, from above, right? So a sequoia is not going to disrupt YC. A benchmark is not going to disrupt. Yeah. They get disrupted from below. Right. So if you look at Detroit, uh, you know, uh, Toyota, now we have Lexus and stuff. Toyota was the worst brand, right? And they, they came in, they came in from below and they disrupted Detroit. Now they're getting disrupted by the Koreans, which again was the, uh, you know, there's always, there's always disruption. But, uh, you know, I think, I think YC has such momentum, you know, very good, uh, um, scenario is I think YC will continue to be dominant in this space, right? On the space that that they have, you know, there might be other spaces, right? Um, you know, which which will, you know, where, where there might be dominant dominant players. Right? Do you
0: think uh, a couple of words, continuity will be successful? And do you think YC should should create a Series A fund as well, own the entire stack?
1: No, I think YC's continuity is already successful. So I think they're, you know, uh, they have amazing, uh, things. Obviously, there is a, there is a thing, right? If, uh, if YC raised a $100 million dollar fund like Masayoshi-san did, then maybe they should be just all full stack, right? But I think their current model de- depends on, you know, them not participating in at least certain rounds for the reason of signaling. There's always ways in which you can. Yeah, you, know, you could
0: imagine them raising that much amount of money and being SoftBank for seed, basically. Deserving.
1: Yeah, or, or seed through uh, seed through uh, Series yeah. D.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about angelist. What, what was sort of the promise of Angelist and what do you think we've learned about sort of data driven or you know technology driven venture investing?
1: I, I think, look, I, I think Nawal is one of the smartest, most innovative people um, yeah, yeah, of this uh, generation of in, investors. Um, he called so many uh, thing, things right. And Angelist has been um, so massively uh, influential in our space. And also so many Angelist alumni as well. I think, uh, you know, uh, it's just kind of angelist and angelist is also evolving. So there was angelist 1.0 and then 2.0 with syndicates and there's, you know, they're doing 3.0 with their funds and stuff. Right. So it's, you know, it's still an ongoing st- story. I think the, the, you know, we have yet to see. Um, we have yet to see the most uh, a dominant version of kind of a data-driven thing. I think there is no uh, no disrespect to anything out there. Uh, nothing has kind of, um, you know, will probably, that's another area of disruption. And I don't think it'll be kind of, quote-unquote, machine learning-driven. I think it'll be kind of, uh, it'll be API-driven. Yeah. It'll be APIs and SDKs. But as you know, there's a very, very fine line. I mean, there's some people who might try to do it, and there's so much issue about privacy and uh, startups are incredibly private. So, right. so if startups find out that X, Y, and Z is using, you know, right. their data for something that was not meant to be right, I think it would, uh, you know, they would, uh, uh, so it, it has to be done in you know, in the right manner. Right. But I think, I think that's, that's going to be the data driven approach. And I don't think anybody's working on it, you yeah. know. And again, it, that's because it's super, super hard. So, so that, that goes back to, you know, why I like entrepreneur led funds yeah. because, you know, entrepreneurs can build platforms, <laughs> not VCs. Entrepreneurs can build studios, yeah. not VCs and entrepreneurs can build API
0: based funds. Not
1: VCs.
0: I like that framing. Why couldn't, um, Sequoia or another firm have, have tried to build YC? Back it's, then? it's the,
1: it's the same thing, right? Why, why, why didn't, why didn't, um, you know, so I have this, I have this mental image, right? I have this mental image. There's this, uh, there's this book called Losing the Signal, uh, and, uh, it's about, blackberry uh, or research in motion and the founder of um, black I mean he he was br- he's a brilliant guy you know um, and so and you know blackberry was so innovative right and they were always evolutionary. They were never revolutionary, right? So they always, uh, instead of going to 4G, they went to 3G uh, instead of like, you know, uh, they always did, but they did the right thing, right? And so, uh, you know, they always conserved bandwidth and they, um, they, um, they, they, so when he first saw an iPhone, he said, you know, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be, it's going to hog Every, uh, hog everything, uh, hog all the bandwidth. And he, um, he was an engineer, of course, and he disassembled the iPhone when he first got it. And he was aghast. He said, they've put a Mac into a phone, right? And it's, it's this, it's this thing where you do the unthinkable. Right? You do something revolutionary. So I think I think that's that's what's needed is doing doing something something unthinkable, right? And when when you look at when you look at YC, right? I mean, Sequoia would never do that because it's the unthinkable, right? You mean you mean just like hire people with six minute interviews? Are you crazy? Yeah, yeah. Six pick companies,
0: yeah companies after yeah and then minutes.
1: not be on the board and just give them money and then see have meet with them for office hours once you know so it's it's unthinkable for um, you know and they're fiduciaries right yeah. just, and they're very very good Innovative they're very dilemma. good at they're very good at what they do right so goes back to the physicists right so they almost they say you know whenever a new uh theory is espoused yeah. they say the, the 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 old generation of the physicists almost have to die <laughs> Before, you know, it's that, that theory becomes commonplace. So it's, you know, it's the same thing. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of sacrilegious to say some of these things that, you know, that the new
0: models. I'm curious, what what else do we think is going to change in the next decade, next five ten years looking at venture? You know, we had, uh, Boy on, on the podcast and he, was, you know, people were joking that he's sort of like Kevin Durant or LeBron James, you know, going to the Lakers or Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. And he, he was dubious that there would be sort of a more of a free agent like, approach to venture capital. Uh, w- what is your, what is your take on, on uh, whether partners will move more frictionlessly?
1: I, I, I think picking will matter less, right? So I, I think stars matter less. I think now the opportunity is uh, to change the game, right? So if someone is playing basketball, You start playing, you come in with a tennis racket. So that's what I'm looking for is the people who are coming in with a tennis racket to the basketball game and they're changing the game. So.
0: What do you think about scout funds and, and scouts in general?
1: Uh, I, I think, I think that's probably the worst idea I've ever seen.
0: Please uh, and, share more.
1: And I think, uh, uh, so that can tell you, um, opinionated. I think, uh, uh, you know, one is, um, I think there are a lot of extensive models. I think most of the extensive models can be done very poorly. And so I think in these, uh, in these scout funds, and actually they've been around. If you go, <laughs> Red Herring asked me about a scout fund that, Charles River did in 2006. Okay. So they've been around for a long time. And I said it was a good idea. And so it took me a few years to learn, uh, that I think in, in I think in the scout funds, you are, you're actually outsourcing, you know, uh, the things. So basically you're disrupting unless, unless you can build your own brand to do that, right? You have, you have your own proprietary brand. It's just like if Banana Republic have three different brands or Gap have three different brands for three different, the se- segments, it's the same thing. If you could have, you know, uh, a, a seed funded b- b- brand for a seed, free a brand for an A, you know, otherwise if you are outsourcing it, you know, you you, be, you just lose relevance. You start moving up. It's the same. And then you get disrupted from somebody that's actually closer to the entrepreneurs, you know,
0: so. Uh, and w- what do you say when you, you know, think about you know, Sequoia Scout program that's been successful and found...
1: Um, I think Sequoia is an amazing firm, right? And Sequoia, uh, you know, um, hats off to them. They have reinvented themselves and they have stayed relevant, right? So I think, um, in their segment, um, they have, uh, it, it, just generally, you know, the idea of scout funds. I don't know whether, whether it's helpful at all because uh, most of the time the founders get confused as well. First of all, they're not getting the help from those firms, right? So if you have 100K or 200K from just pick your top uh, firm, right? Uh, as a founder, you're really disappointed because you're not getting the halo, right? And if then they don't lead your Series A, then nobody else wants to touch it. And it's like uh, X Y Z is an investor and they're not giving you a, a term sheet. What's wrong with you, right? Well, no, no, no. They will do their pro rata. Okay, <laughs> they will do their pro rata, but. I get to be the why am I the lucky one, right? So, so I think I that's why I think it's. Uh, I mean, there's less and less of that, uh, you know, because now again it's so noisy. But I, I think um, you know the ex- extensive models are really, really hard to put. Um, think I'm much more in- interested in the intensive models. So I think uh, like the studio models are more intensive models.
0: What's the difference between extensive and intensive?
1: Well, you know, a scout model, a platform are extensive models and whereas a studio is an intensive model
0: yeah now you yourself have thought about uh, how technology not only changes vc but also changes the lp world what, what is the latest there you know is there you know an angel list for the lp world or like what does sort of uh, technology look like to disrupt or or change how lps do business
1: well, well i think was, you know i think that's what we are building is in you know kind of i wouldn't call it and you know you know, it's not X or Y. It's, I think we're building something really authentic. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's both, uh, um, real change is when you do, uh, you bring both processes, uh, as well as, uh, technology to help them, uh, th- those business processes, right? So it's as much uh, of a process change as well as, um, it's um you know so so that's that's kind of that's kind of what
0: what 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 we're doing, um, and what are you trying to build? Is it a social network? Is it a
1: actually? It's not not the social network. Is just kind of one the tip of the iceberg. Uh, but actually, we're building uh, you know uh, workflow tools for LPs to help them um, you know to radically um, simplify uh, the investment process.
0: Yeah. It is, I mean, you you saw sort of this um, the change in terms of venture capitalists being much more transparent, much more open, much more direct. Do you predict that we'll see a similar change in the LP world? Because right now, often people don't even know who the LPs are, um, or don't hear from them directly. Do you think you'll see much more transparency in that world or not really just different?
1: I think probably not. You know, I think, uh, most and, and I think this, uh, we've seen this again and again and again. I see this, uh, when there's this people who don't know this world, they always think, right? This is the naive, naivete. We said, well, LPs need to be really transparent. And venture needs to have liquidity. Oh, that's why I'm going to have, I'm going, I'm going to allow people to, um, well, the reason why institutional investors invest in venture is because they don't, they don't want the volatility of the public markets. They, you know, they want things that are uncorrelated, right? So tomorrow we have, you know, uh, you know the, the trade war with China escalates or growth decelerates there or, you know, they, they steal all our IP and, you know, um, and the markets are down by 30% or 40%, you know, your, your, um, you know, the companies that haven't gone, you know, haven't gone public, the Instacart is not suddenly going to be at $2 billion, right? So that's why LPs invest in venture because they don't want. Uh, things to be correlated with, with, uh, with the public market. So I think that's a kind of fundamental disconnect. People think, well, I want LPs to have liquidity, uh, or I want VCs to have liquidity. Well, VCs and their LPs, they don't want liquidity. They don't want, you know, they want, they want times where they can have liquidity, but they don't want perfect mark to market with, with the public market.
0: Right. Well, is it worth interesting talking just about a macro, like the rise of the fund to funds? Have fund of funds done very well? When did they sort of become a thing?
1: Yeah. I, You know, I think like, um, fundamentally, um, fund of funds are a very flawed model. Uh, again, you know, so if you look at it, um, you know, fund of funds have, uh, some really fundamental issues with them. A, they have fees on fees. B, um, they are way over diversified. Uh, and three, kind of they, you know, most of the traditional fund of fund model has been built on this. This notion of selling access, right? Um, so I think those two, three things make it, you know, so if you look back to, of course, there's some, some people that, that have been around for a long time. They've built amazing organizations. But if you basically go through in the last few downturns, right? Maybe 50% of VCs go out of business, but 70% of funder funds go out of business, you know? So I think they're much more uh, susceptible to, kind of the ups and downs
0: do you think that some people have said um that the future of venture capital is sort of is multi-asset firms that you have and you know not just multi-stage but uh you know Andreessen has a general fund they have a bio fund and a crypto fund um and you had you know social capital obviously had different issues of its own but you know you had them doing not only different stages with NBC but also public hedge fund How, what's your sort of comment on
1: so, so I think, and I think this is, and this goes back to, um, so if you just project where we are, and, and this is probably very controversial, but if you look at some of the largest asset management firms today, right, you look at BlackRock and Blackstone and 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 others, um, Apollo and Car, they they were built on the, uh, you know, a few different waves, particularly private equity and um, ETFs and kind of index funds, and and so I think. I think the, you know, uh, they will be just like Masayoshi-san created, um, you know, a hundred billion dollar fund, I think. Even though uh, you know there's a lot of uh, you know kind of kind of um, disbelief that this this would work, but I think you probably see more and more of those. You know, so I, I think there are more big tech companies now. I think that trend is just going to continue, um, and they're going to be larger and larger. Um, so I think the opportunity set for manager is increasing. That's why you know um, the you know even that like we talked about the 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 firms you know while they might get disrupted from one one space they will still continue there will be some right. um, multi uh, multi asset firms within uh, within technology right so there'll be uh, the pool is getting larger and larger it's interesting,
0: cause some people are bearish on, on the future of the asset class because of things like one you know the, the big four big five not getting weaker anytime soon or or things like crypto which you know if, if bitcoin takes all the value there you know might not that may not be interesting. I,
1: I give you, I give you an example. You know, you you think the big four are dominant in 1929. at and was uh, 29% of the public market. In 1972, uh, you know, people say, well, Amazon is 6% of NASDAQ. In 1972, uh, IBM was 12% of NASDAQ, right? And we say, oh, well, Jeff Bezos is very rich. Uh, uh, and Andrew Carnegie, well, uh, in today's dollars term, would have been 400, million, what, $400 billion, right? So people have been, the relative dominance of these firms has actually been decreasing right uh, so you know it was 15 years ago there was no facebook right 15 years ago there was no yc so you're telling me this uh in fifteen years from now we will have sequoia and 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 benchmark and no other top firms no there's going to be and you know and the, the, there's going to be no firm competing with Amazon or no firm firm competing with with apple I think there'll be you know amazing new firms just like just as I said and there'll be amazing new entrepreneurs there will be you know there will be another Elon Musk and there will be another Jeff Bezos and another Steve Jobs. And hopefully he would have a studio.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How should we, if we should think about a uh, soft bank or just more late stage private capital? Um, what does that mean for, for public markets? How do you think that will change in the next five years? Will that trend only, only get deeper or will that shift? Will people start going public earlier?
1: Uh, I, I think, and you know, uh, I, I think Bill Gurley bemoans uh, this fact. It's like, Oh, well, companies should just go public early. And I think going public is a particular skill. And, you know, they're amazing entrepreneurs like Kevin Hartz has taken two companies, two out of two public, right? Was only one I see. I mean, how many they've had, 2,400 companies. One has gone public so far, right? Or maybe two now, uh, two, you know, with PagerDuty and, uh, PagerDuty and Dropbox. So, so it's, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a skill. And, uh, now that, you know, it's so much harder to go public. You know, that's, that's definitely changed, um, the, thing. Uh, but that's why, why the portfolios are, are changing. And I think, I think I don't see, uh, you know, um, I don't see that changing anytime soon. So we can see, uh, in fact, I, 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 you know, I don't have the numbers off my, top of my head, but I think the number of kind of the mid, mid cap stocks, like, uh, have, uh, have halved in the last 10, 15 years. And the number of public companies is, uh, you know, uh, decreasing. So I think that trend, that trend will probably, you know, will probably continue.
0: Totally. So again, um, uh, and maybe in closing here, you know, looking out at the next five to 10 years, uh, what else should we expect for the future of venture capital? Or what other controversial opinions might you want to leave us with?
1: Yeah, so I, I I actually don't think that I want to be controversial for the sake of yeah, being controversial, yeah, right? Yeah. Or, or contrarian, I just like to think the things that I like to get conviction on. uh, I can't help it if, uh, you know, they are not the things that others, uh, you know, are not think So, you know, I, you know, I don't know, but I think it definitely won't be uh, the things that, you know, most people are, are gravitating towards, right? So I think just like, and see, that's one of the reasons why, why platforms are so, uh, powerful as well is because some of the best ideas that we've had, they've come from things that were the worst, that seemed like the worst ideas, right? They so said Airbnb was the worst idea that ever worked, right? Uh, Coinbase or Uber, their TAM was very small, you know, when they got first, when they, fu- when they got funded. So I think these new sectors or new, uh, ideas will be things that no one, no one anticipates. I mean, blockchain wasn't something that folks anticipated, right? Uh, so.
0: How, how do you think about crypto and blockchain as an LP? I, th-
1: I think like we have, you know, one, you know, overriding, uh, use case of speculation. Uh, and I think, um, aside from that, you know, I haven't seen any, you know, uh, really good, uh, um, applications. Uh, I think it's still very, very early.
0: So you're not you're not eagerly investing in any crypto funds just yet?
1: Uh, no, I, I think we actually had, uh, you know, opportunity to, to but I think once we, and I think we, we, we could not, but, but once you miss the opportunity, I,
0: And how about, uh, last question, biotech investing or life science investing, have you, in terms of funds, have you looked there? Have you done there? Do you think that's different than standard VC or?
1: So um, yeah, I I think I um I am I don't uh, dabble in that. So I don't I think uh, it's a very different space thing, and that's why you saw many of the firms that used to have a biotech pra- practice and an IT practice. You know, they 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 shut down their bio pro practice and and uh, especially on the therapeutic side i think there are now interesting stuff happening in computational biology uh, but you know i think therapeutics is uh, is not something that uh, you know that i follow although there have been some some uh, some good firms and uh, but it's very very different than than traditional tech investing
0: totally this you're just interesting i, I have to get the last question do you think that there will be something like another ico boom or or just some version of crowdfunding that makes more and more people investors. Or do you think that that was a, fluke? did
1: that, did that make people investors? I don't, I don't think. I
0: think, I don't know. I think some people were investing in pro- projects that maybe weren't investing otherwise. There were certainly people that had crypto money and were doing it. Sort of,
1: oh, got it. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, maybe it, it did. You know, I, I think from, from that perspective, you know, it's really hard for me to have a good opinion about that. So yeah, I was not, I was not that involved in that.
0: Yeah. No, totally. Well, Alex, this has been a great episode, uh, for, for people who want to learn more or, or do you have any last minute plugs or things that you would leave, uh, leave our audience with?
1: No, I, uh, I think just, uh, if you're, uh, starting a studio, seek me out.
0: Excellent. Alex, it's been a fantastic episode. Thank you for coming to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Eric.